0: The pandemic, social unrest, the state house, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, weekdays we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, depetro.com. Well, it is Tuesday. It is impeachment day. And I think the big question comes down to grievous crime or just theater. Well, I want to be very clear. I don't see any need for this. The president is out, President Trump is out of office, unfortunately. And we're going to have to deal with that for the time being. I know some people are late to the game on that, but it's true. I think what happened on January 6th was a protest that just got out of control. You have people that are upset, and rightfully so, myself included, lack of transparency with the election. Uh, Let's face it, the way things were handled with mail ballots, the way things were handled with mail ballot applications, the fact that we can't get all the access to information, people immediately start to say, well, do you have proof there was massive voter fraud? Uh, I know that our election system was not designed the way it's operating right now. Our election system was designed for election day. On election day you go and you vote. And then they start to accommodate absentee ballots and then overseas would be the mail ballots. And now it has evolved into this thing where you can vote 3 weeks early and you don't have to have an ID to vote and all these mail ballot applications being voted out being uh, mailed out but make no mistake about it. This is an opportunity to try to uh, truly damage the Republican Party. It is an opportunity that they're trying to seize on to truly damage President Trump, prevent him from running again in 2024. I don't know. We don't know what the landscape's going to look like in 2024. The president's also not a young man. Let's see what his health is like over the next several years. He would be uh, I think he would be 78 years old running for office. Well, Biden's 78 right now. We don't know if that's going to be the case, but this is unnecessary. And as far as it, did people, yes, it was it was a, it got violent. It was a violent crowd. People were upset. People were upset the way they feel they couldn't get straight answers about the election. People were told, go to the ballot box and vote. And they did that. And they found in certain areas that they couldn't get true answers about it. People became frustrated by that. The president was frustrated by it. That was extraordinary on Wednesday, January 6th, that that many people traveled to Washington. They did. And when they got there, uh, there were always daily protests out in front of the Capitol. On this particular day, instead of being all these left-wing groups, it was a group of Trump supporters that marched outside the Capitol and at the Capitol. And, you know, I I recognize that some people are pointing the finger at the Capitol Police saying, well, they were – under they weren't prepared for this and outmanned and they should have had uh you know more troops there or just more bodies there but the fact is as many of you know the trump people have always been peaceful trump rallies were peaceful that was the theme of it but in this particular day i think it was frustration that boiled over when you have that many people you're going to get some people that want to come in and and really kind of cause some havoc And and it's not You know, who's it geared at? It's geared at people that thumb their nose to them. It's geared at, you know, the AOCs, the Nancy Pelosi's, the that is them marching over there. They hear that Pence is not gonna do I'm not convinced that he had the authority to do it, but that Pence basically was not going along with the president's wishes. Then they get there and there's the scaffolding for the uh for the Biden inauguration. And things came to a head. I also think what what a lot of people understand, the the real win for a lot of the people that were there at the Capitol, was just getting inside. Because in, in, in the fact that getting inside the Capitol, that was it, that was the win. They then left. It's not like they planned to then start rounding people up or taking control and making an announcement and going live on CNN and like in a movie and saying we're now control of this building, we're gonna take control of other buildings. It was, it was just getting in, and, and what did they get in with? They got in with, with hats and flags, and once they got inside, most people were then just taking selfies of themselves, and now they're rounding everyone up and going after them, and they're insurrectionists and they're white supremacists and, and all of that. There were people that were heading there. Even if President Trump ended up not speaking that day, they were heading to the Capitol. They wanted to go and protest at the Capitol, put pressure, and let... Congress know that the president had people outside and they were, you know, wanted them to uh, examine the election results. To me, that's what it came down to. And let's be very clear on the loss of life. Basically, there were two people that died as a result of it. One was an unarmed veteran Trump supporter who was shot and killed Ashley Babbitt. And then the other was the Capitol police officer. And we still don't know, by the way, exactly what happened. But he was um, apparently battling with some of the protesters. At the end of the day, he went back to his office and he collapsed. So he didn't collapse on the scene. The other deaths you're hearing about really had nothing to do with what was going on inside. There were two people that had uh, massive heart attacks outside, uh, away from the Capitol, actually, on the sidewalk. Had nothing to do with inside. They were just traveling, not in good health, probably shouldn't have been traveling. And then there was someone that I believe had some kind of a fentanyl overdose inside. So they may have taken something outside. And then once they got in, they, they uh, went into cardiac arrest. So my point is, it is tragic. Uh, there shouldn't have been any loss of life. And that officer, um, and, and that is is terrible. And whoever did that and was fighting him and harmed him in that way should be held accountable. And as far as now, the Capitol Police officer is not going to be held accountable. But let's be very clear. Who wasn't there? Those weren't white supremacists. I've never believed it was BLM and Antifa. No, those were Trump, well-meaning Trump people that said, you know what? We all, for nine months, we've watched the other side march and protest and make their voices heard. And on this particular day, we're willing to do it for our president. And that's pretty much what happened. So we're going to carry it and cover it and bring you the latest. I I don't see anything that's going to flip this. They're not going to get 17 Republican senators, I don't think, to flip it. But we'll continue to bring you the latest. Um, a lot more ahead as, as this week goes along right here on the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. The heating season is here. Folks, you need to call J.K.L. Engineering today. JKL 401 351 Let JKL Engineering design and install a natural gas high efficiency carrier infinity system. They're energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you think no gas, hey, guess what? No problem. Let JKL Engineering design and install a high efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates of the market. And they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL is a carry factory authorized dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, JKL's reputation is second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved national grid BPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL. Estimates of free financing is available. 401-351-7600. Rhode Island, Massachusetts, it's J.K.L. Engineering. 401-351-7600.
1: 321 2799 That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com.
0: Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508 336 508- 336-7801. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's a.m. 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website depietro.com. It's time for Petro debate with me is uh, one of my siblings whose maiden name is Petro. I, I realized someone said, uh, sent, sent me an email saying, why do you say Petro debate when her name is Donna Perry? Well, <clears throat> it's true, but she's a writer columnist for the Sun Chronicle. It is Donna Perry. And, uh, D.J., here we go with the beginning. I'd like to start off your thoughts on uh, today, in fact, will be the beginning of the second Trump impeachment, <laughs> this time trial in the Senate.
1: Yes, um, and I am Donna DePetro Perry. <laughs> I, I do have that on Facebook. I understand. I very proud to say that. Um, And, you know, what's going to play out today, JD, I would say at this point, it's a little bit anticlimactic. It feels a little bit that way to me. And I only say that because, first of all, a lot of the media has just pounded the story since January 6th, and now we're at February 9th. Um, And it really is, uh, as we know, this is a political exercise. Um, You know, it's not Really legally bearing situation. So first of all, people kind of get get confused about a trial. I think the way it's going to play out is you're going to have long hours um, of the democratic managers and they're they're laying out, you know the case again, but a lot of this has now been chronicled for several weeks, the way they see it and and they're going to come out and say, um, if Trump said this and this and this and, and certainly focusing on what he said at that whatever that was, like a one o'clock speech um out out there near the ellipse, and they 're going to try to you know say a to b to c you know that meant he directly directed this this thing um I think there'll be a lot of hours about that i my guess is over as the time the date this is going to go on for days, and I think it's going to be ultimately that he's acquitted um, and that the Republicans are going to hold fast to a constitutional question. Right. And that's what Trump's lawyers, I think that's going to be the defense because it's, they're not, they don't want to John, if they can get in the weeds of when did he say this and that they, they just want to say he's an out of office now, private citizen, a uh, Lindsey right. Graham has said this repeatedly so it's really a constitutional question now obviously many uh, pundits and people have been in editorials um saying well no you you can do this so um you know we'll see but i i think the bigger issue honestly uh, away from the former president is how this is really inf- uh, impacting and we can talk about it the current president this yes. this takes biden his agenda all the messages he wants to get out really off the map now for almost could be almost up to two weeks.
0: Yeah. How do you think this uh, impacts the, you know, obviously we cover it and the networks cover it. But the regular yeah. person going about their day to day and now they see they're going after him again. I, I, I don't think it looks good for the Democrat Party. I mean, the, the first impeachment certainly didn't serve them well. And I think now, again, just the regular person. Who's uh, you know living their life? I I think it seems like why are they even going after him? He's not the president anymore.
1: Well, that that's a great, and I think John, that's a central point, and it and it is remains a problem for the Democratic Party and the national media. You're yes. exactly right. We are at a point in the calendar. First of all, people are beyond weary of the pandemic. Now we have a rash of snowstorms that's (laughs) not just in the Northeast. I guess it's all going down the Eastern seaboard, you know, and and people get distracted. And you're right. So what what do they see? They're not into the details of this. They just see the optics of it. You know, they're just going to see Democrats, you know, arguing Trump. It's just like this is the optics of what now plays out for another maybe 10 days I I don't see how it at the end, um, you know, again, I think those things almost overshadow some of the questions of what went on. I I will say that, you know, like you say, I think that image by the wider public, it's already baked in. You know, there was a sense of they are out to get him. I think that was like play. That's been really apparent to me, even for maybe moderate reasonable people in the middle there's that uh cynicism they're out to get him i think that at least took hold in 2017 and now here we are the winter of 2021 right like i think by 2017 maybe 2018 you know when the russia investigation was always in full throttle so i i Agree with you. I think it ends up a wash. I don't know that you'd have high ratings, despite what you know. People like CNN are like you know right. clinging oh, to right about it. Well, sure, they, sure, they would have the squan for six months. So, um, and I, I just think that it, it's again, it is not a legal proceeding despite what can confuse people and i think really what this is about for most of them is about 2024
0: it is it is yeah it's that and i think it's also um you know there was an op-ed written in the la times that i'm glad megan kelly's drawn attention to it this woman who left new york she now lives in upstate new york and her neighbors plowed her out uh, the other day and she said you know, as much as she wanted to thank them, she knows they're Trump supporters and, and she compared them to Hezbollah in Nazi I sympathizers. I saw some of that. I mean, that is what is to yeah. me, Donna Perry, that's the larger goal, which is to try to, I mean, think how absurd and insulting that is. And then never mind, she wasn't sure. How do I thank them? Because they could be like Hezbollah. I mean, that is yeah. to me the larger game plan which is if you voted for him or you're a supporter you're all you know under the same 10 and speaking of that what did you make of liz cheney was on with chris wallace over the weekend and said uh i don't think he's you know he should be looked at meaning president trump he's no longer the leader of the party and we have to move on you know this is someone who got as you know he got 74 million votes they told him if you get 70 million you win he got 74 Biden supposedly got 80. Uh, I I truly believe this was a protest that just got out of control. You lived in D.C. There are protests all the time in front of the Capitol. Most of the time, though, daily, it's never re- <laughs> daily. It's most of the time, though, it's never Republicans that are protesting. Not all the time. Most of the time, it's it's right. kind of the other side. But what do you make of Liz Cheney? You know, that era or style, if you will, of the Republican Party, which is kind of like a Jeb Bush style. I'm sorry that it's, it's outdated. Uh, you want to go back to, you know, you have local people that want to go back to when John Chafee was right. Senator Chafee and that it, it just, it doesn't cut it when you have people on the other side like AOC or David Cicilline, who basically they want to destroy the Republican party.
1: Well, and that's very good, insightful thing on, on this. And I tried to address some of this in my a column recently. Um, and I, I felt like it really is a kind of a moment of truth for the party. Um, that the the thing where with Liz Cheney, the leg she is standing on, that I think uh, the other side, you know, people maybe didn't think this was going to spring up like this. See, I think the contrast with her and Marjorie Taylor Greene is so. It, it, it's an important inflection point because I think to your what you're saying. Cheney represents what was the establishment wing of the Republican Party. That's yep. the Bush, Cheney. You're right. They, yes. Over the years, it was the John Chafee people who would by you know, be appalled at what they would a Marjorie Taylor Greene and and her yes. crass politics. And, and worse is this this whole other rabbit hole thing. But that didn't exist back then of the social media and all that stuff. So Cheney, I think, feels emboldened because the vote prevailed for her. Um, and I, I, I find this stuff that was a little more difficult to explain than it might seem, John. I, I think she is saying for the growth and the future of the party, I think she is concerned and some of them, I, and I think they're right about this. They're more worried, John, about who you will turn away from the party. And I will make this argument. 74 million people who voted for Trump, I would definitely argue, um, Many of them certainly reject anything that QAnon and all that stuff is about. So I think with the the, I think the the challenge for the party at this point and what maybe Cheney is is going to look out of step is is can you distinguish the difference between the valid and true and had every right to be a Trump supporter versus this other dark corner? And which, of course, the media, um, you know, they obsess about that and I would argue that maybe not be a big part of the 74 million. So that's a different argument. Um but I think what you're saying which is also valid is today's politics and the the toughness of battling the the more and more radical left calls for a Trump-style fight if you will. Um and I know yes. that's a bad term for today but no, but no I, I know it that's is. what you're saying like Trump Trump yes. said well, this is not John Chafee's party. OK, th- this is That's we're right. dealing with like the AOC, the cancel yeah. culture. And to be fair yes. to Trump and, and his wing, it, that didn't exist in the in the little more gentler time of the it Bush did family. Not. Right.
0: John yeah. Chafee and George Bush didn't have no. to deal with Black Lives Matter. You know, Donna, Perry, before we take a break, I also want to touch on let's I, I think and this has also been distorted. This was about people upset at the way that they didn't feel the election uh, was transparent. They didn't like all these things that were introduced that had never been done before. And that's true, even in Rhode Island with the uh, the mail ballots that didn't have to be notarized and all these unsolicited mail ballots. But for people to try to turn what happened at the Capitol into a race situation is that that is just not what happened. And AOC started saying, you know, you had all these white supremacists that were in the building, meaning anyone that is uh, you. All right. You did have a photo of one guy walking along with a Confederate flag. And and if you I would argue if you get 200,000 people, you're, you're going to get someone that's going to have some kind of an item or object or symbol that not everyone is representative right. of that. But for people to try to take that one image, it wasn't 10 people. It wasn't 20. It was right. one guy walking around and try to turn this into, well, this was there's a white supremacist racial overtones. That's not what what this is. It's it has to do with the fact with the election, the way that the president was treated by the media, the way the media, the Democrats undermined it and people confuse saying I went and voted. I feel like my vote was not fully counted. Um, And before we take a break, just your thoughts. that's
1: 100 percent right. The the media drives this narrative that it was it's a white supremacist, out of control, you know, wild movement. That is not what was on display. You're right. I've been I was on another panel. I got into an argument with someone and I said this has as much to do with and people do organize themselves on social media. There were militias in that group. That's not everyone who was in that group. And you're right, John. So right. again, you know, people hopefully and they're, they're not smart enough to understand like the media driven narrative. They just want to do a broad stroke thing that this is white supremacy. We have to wipe it out. Uh, I, I disagree. And you're right. I think, um, I think over time also it's notable that even there's stuff coming up right now about the mail system ballots Lost mail, delayed mail. I mean, again, John, like this is coming up. I think this week they're saying, you know, should Biden fire the Postmaster General because of all... <laughs> now? That's right. Like, excuse me, yes. I like thought it wasn't a problem with the mail. Like, here we are. So,
0: yeah, and and again, uh, before the break, the, the a good recent example was Jeff Bezos with Amazon taking a big right. Uh He said, "Well, we're not doing mail." He doesn't balance. trust them. God. I mean, this has to be a fair election. Doesn't trust it, so. All right, folks, quick break. A lot more head. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508 336 2110. 508 336 2110 for MEGA, MEGA, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates. 508- 36 3, 508 336 2110 It's Mega Truck and Trailer Repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Actuals at Innovas Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovas.com. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272- 3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could de- be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain autobody 401 272 3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company and 3 they'll make your car it'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom West Fountain Auto Body call them 401 272 3340 did someone damage your vehicle whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle West Fountain will restore your vehicle get it back on the road call them today 401 272 3340 and remember if you're having an accident the first thing you want to do call the police Fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401 272 3340. We're speaking with Donna Perry, who is columnist for the Sun Chronicle. DJ, touch on, um, you know, we've heard a lot about, and I've tried to question uh, Dr. Scott locally about it, but Ariana Presley, Congresswoman, of Massachusetts, this whole business of the vaccine and equity. And somehow, again, it's yes. racial overtones with that. And she made some news on that. And I'd like yes. to Yes. Talk-
1: and again, this comes back to this issue. Uh, I mean, Representative Presley, she almost seems, she wants everything framed. It's like a racial inequality issue that this is kind of, um, you know, becoming, that's her brand, John. And she, now they are calling for whether it's legislation or an investigation or that, you know, this is this whole idea. With the vaccination distribution, uh, if there was a lower percentage of black Americans getting it in, in different proportions, I, I just think that um, it, and she's just keeps driving this home. And and now you have in Massachusetts, there's a very liberal senator from my area and she wants to put in legislation that all this serves to do is going to bottleneck up worse what is already obviously, uh, a not well-organized vaccine distribution thing, John. And and here's the thing about what Presley tries to argue. So she is saying, let's say, for instance, in Massachusetts, which, by the way, Baker pushed back on this Monday. So when they're talking about saying uh, black Americans or black, you know, black citizens in mass or elsewhere are at a lower percentage of receiving the vaccine. Here's a couple of facts about this. First of all, There are sixty community health around the inner city of Boston. Now 60. Now Mass is a Boston's a big city, but it's not, you know, that big. Then you have these mass vaccination sites, Fenway Park, Gillette Stadium, and one out in Western Mass. And what Baker pushed back on is saying that everyone who qualifies and and anyone who had underlying conditions and People say that, for whatever reason, um, African Americans have been maybe more susceptible to some of the variants in the virus. All of these people are eligible to receive it, obviously beginning with the most elderly in that population. He said, look, we are at 100% functioning when you talk about what's going on at Fenway Park and Gillette. And what does he mean by that? He's saying the supplies comes every day, almost 100% of people who sign up to get the vaccine are getting it. In those community health centers, John, again, if you are mm. a slightly, maybe you are a destitute person and you are a, from the communities of color, not only if you can't access a computer, there's a call center now, there's a free ride. They will take you mm. in your neighborhood area. And there was um, the gentleman who talked about that. Now he's a Latino leader He a little bit shot back at her and he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. We have a thousand vaccines available a day. That's set. That's every day, seven days a week in these community health centers around the city, 60 of them. So I think what he's saying is people if if you can't like have someone in your family help you make a phone call and they'll arrange a free ride. I think it gets to a point. How do you help people if they like so I guess Mm. what I'm saying is and this is a lot of what she is just, you know, she goes to the national media. Presley keeps wanting to argue. There's all this like racial disparity in the vaccines. John, it's a narrative. It's really not true that from what I am trying to track. um, And I just think that's her one trick pony. You know, she she just pushes this out there.
0: Folks, uh, you're listening to the John DePetro Show. Our segment is DiPietro debate with Donna Perry, who's a columnist writer for the Sun Chronicle. DJ, also um, touch on the Massachusetts GOP calling for the state climate. Science.
1: Yeah, so this has kind of emerged in more <clears throat> recent days. Um, and people may not have known there is a undersecretary of climate um, for the state of Mass. And David Ismay, and apparently uh, he was taped it was a taped, you know, Zoom call, and he was on a, a Climate Council discussion, I believe, at the state of Vermont. And he he basically made comments that essentially said that he was talking about when you get away from the oil and gas um, industries, and obviously this all centers around reducing carbon emissions, he was saying... He had this very um, inflammatory kind of phrasing, and he said, you know, we have to break the will of ordinary people to almost like drop their reliance on their use of their car. He said this could be the guy down the street and even senior citizens. So, right. And like to have that kind of an approach and to have that kind of a viewpoint, I, I just think that's like very disturbing that this is what is being said. Uh, among these climate councils that exist state to state and, and more so he's talking about when you get to the regulatory point. So what does that mean? Like, you know, I think, um, it's kind of this sort of like attack about, you know, we have to change like quote, like their behavior, right? Like saying if if people won't accept that, you know, what, are you going to have limits on how often you use your car or something? I mean, it was very inflammatory. And in light of that, uh, both the mass GOP and the mass fiscal alliance, I believe, they have called for him to resign or for Baker to remove him. Now, it is a bubbling up controversy. Baker, a little bit, um, he didn't address it Monday, but he he said he was, you know, disappointed and he kind of um, chastised him for making those kind of comments. So. I just think this is shows you, though, beyond this one guy, like, you know, where is this debate going to go? And and the idea that there is not any oil or gas in, you know, the mixed use resources uh, pipeline down down the line as we get through, you know, battling what they want to do with climate change. John, I, I just think it's it was unnerving to people And I don't think this kind of controversy is going to go away because it it, you know, and I think as Biden has clearly and he's appointed John Kerry for mass, you know, um, former secretary of state, former senator, former everything. So, you know, I I just think the public has a right to really understand, not have, you know, these kind of uh, more secret councils. I don't know that their information normally comes out of what they're discussing.
0: Meanwhile, uh, again, before we take a break, you have Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, whose nomination now, is Texas Senator Ted Cruz has put a hold on her nomination, saying he's, un- he's unsatisfied with some of her answers, her answers, regarding a, a Chinese communication company. DJ, uh, Governor Raimondo is finding she is now along mm-hmm. for the ride. This is Washington yeah. politics. And-, and never mind Cruz is saying, hey, we'd love to do more of your nominations the senate except you're pushing that we're doing the impeachment trial and you know you get caught meaning the way she is in this back and forth now between the white house ted cruz is no shrinking violent and so governor amundo she last spoke with the press on tuesday december 27th we are now next week they're on winter break they may bring up her uh, and by the way, the same goes for Boston Mayor Marty Walsh, whose nomination mm-hmm. is on hold for a full Senate vote. I mean, they're about to experience real Washington politics, which is, you know, everything. We want this. You you want those nominations. Then we want. Right. And,
1: and I think you're right. She is now squarely in a very difficult position. Um, oh, yeah. She you know, is all systems go, um, I'm resigning the governorship, I'm going to Washington, and she's learning, not so fast, and they have to actually, you know, um, the nomination has to actually go all the way through. I I ultimately, like you say, um, Senator Cruz has, a guy like that looks at it that way. He's going to battle, he's got nothing to lose um no he is a very bright guy he's he's harvard also uh and he's no shrinking violet and i think i think you're you're very right i i think a little bit of what they're doing at the level of commerce and labor is there's also signaling biden and saying everything is not going to be a green light with your people and and that's i think that's that's part of the problem of, of the corner she's in and you're right like i think the impeachment trial so if you're in Biden's White House, um, I would think by the end of the week you would. And the the media asks his team this, and Jen Psaki always is trying to shove it away. But they're saying, you know, is he going to pick up a phone by Friday and say to, you know, Chuck Schumer and say, uh, you got to wrap this up. And and I think that right. is, is a possibility that you know there'll be quiet pressure for them to get through this because of, you know, the Gina Raimondo uh thing is just dangling out there and and you're right like she i i think what happens to someone in her position they're coached john to say as almost as little as possible in those con in those hearings oh yeah so now she would need really good advice and good counsel which of course biden's team is i'm sure they're writing everything of course for her um so we'll see Yeah. And yeah. with China
0: involved, that that does not bode well, because then, you know, you have somebody like Cruz who's maybe looking at yep. 2024 and that that is like one issue. You don't want to be anywhere near anything remotely to do with the controversy with China.
1: And he's changing, uh, by the way, you know what he's doing election. with this quickly? Very. He's so cagey. He's changing the conversation away from his right. purported role in January six.
0: <laughs> Excellent point. Folks, quick break. A lot more Donna Perry right here on the John DePetro Show. This winter, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401 Make Henry Oil. Make the switch. Make Henry Oil your reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery company. 401 Residential, commercial, fuel oil delivery, fuel oil delivery. Diesel, gasoline, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. It's Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Remember, with Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website, henryoil.com, or call them today, 401-521-0200 henry oil since 1947 they have a great family history and they are just terrific you can depend on carmine and Lori and the great folks at henry oil call them today 401-521-0200 check them out online at henryoil.com residential and commercial fuel oil delivery service contracts budget plans reliable affordable fuel oil delivery serving most of rhode island and southeastern mass It's Henry Oil. Call them 401-521-0200 this winter. I'm asking you to switch to Henry Oil online at henryoil.com.
1: 321 2799 That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com.
0: What's the point of having an appliance if it doesn't work properly? Or maybe you have problems with it. I'll tell you what you should do. As I like to say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 7096 easy to remember ryan's appliance repair 401-710-7096 i've used ryan on several occasions whether it's for your washing machine or maybe your dryer or the refrigerator or your stove or oven or microwave any appliance if your appliance is dying just call ryan 401-710-7096 i was having a problem with our our clothes dryer what would happen it wouldn't turn on no way they were going to dry the clothes. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair. He fixed that in about five minutes. Then the oven wouldn't heat up. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. He fixed, the, he fixed the the oven in about five minutes. Folks, call them. All work is guaranteed for 90 days. Parts and labor. Senior citizens' discounts are available, and Saturday appointments are available. Come on. Call Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 70 96. Our segment is to Petro debate with me. She is a writer columnist for the sun Chronicle. It's Donna Perry. DJ, what do you make of the fact that Lou Dobbs on Friday was getting ready for his big show at five o'clock and then boom, that is over. He is out. he has been around a long time, 75 years old, very loyal following on Fox business. And let's look at this. He didn't, what, what exactly did he do? I mean, you know, you've worked in, media and radio and television he didn't violate any type of policy we're aware of he wasn't a contract dispute he was very outspoken along with this controversy regarding uh, the election uh, the results what needs to be done what do you uh, What are your thoughts on Lou Dobbs being uh, kicked to the curb? Right, and and I business? think
1: that Fox is handling all of this, in my view, John, in a very very sloppy way. Um, you know whether it's yeah. him and even how they're explaining his absence. They and and his obvious his removal. Everyone's reported that, and I, you know, I think. And then it's weird they have like fill in people saying he's on vacation like that. <laughs> Like, John, that's like Bush League. Like, that is like, you know, wow. like yeah. the oldest thing in the world. Like, let's pretend the anchor actually didn't leave and all this stuff. It's such an old broadcasting. Like, they have like that obsession about not trying to say what really happened. And But I, I do. I think they're handling it very sloppy. And I think that they are like, look, like you say, he was they are wildly encouraged to give their viewpoint uh, and their opinions. He was. He was echoing what was being reported and what the campaign and the campaign, you know, the reelection fight, uh, whether it's Rudy or Powell. But he was just echoing what they were saying publicly in public court documents. So he wasn't as far as I know, that's what you know, that's what he was talking about. You can disagree. You can say they were making things up. But those were things that were being in court filings. He, he would kind of read off it, read off, you know, oh, well, this was uh, filed yes. today and all this stuff. So um, I think the way they're handling it and then to just dismiss him. And I would question that when you have that kind of a defamation lawsuit, just dismissing him. I don't know if that does that change Smart Maddox's view of it. Right. So no. and I just think that if right. you look at the way Fox is um, sort of handling the air time right now. It seems like they're in their own little battle of they're trying to find maybe in the post-Trump era, like, where is the audience's, you know, what's the sweet spot? Because they seem to want to have this daytime lineup of these more sort of middle lane newscasts and anchors who are not considered overly partisan. Um, I think it's a mistake. They moved Martha McCallum off evenings. I think she had a strong following. Mm. She's a strong anchor. I would say she was always tough yep. and fair, though, and had both sides on, which I think gives them credibility. You know,
0: she fell to uh, the, um, uh, Newsmax. They started beating her in the seven o'clock hour with the, uh, you know, Greg Kelly. Yeah. That's really what happened to her. But DJ Lou Dobbs, I, I just wonder if they they felt we need to like. We need to get rid of someone. We need to make an example out of someone. And you're not going to do right. it to Hannah. You're not going to do it to Tucker. You're not going to do it to Laura. And then you have Judge Janine. And then you also have Marita Bataramo. In some ways, Lou Dobbs, 75-year-old, yeah. <laughs> older white male. He's the easier pickoff right there. Speaking of white males, Donna Perry, um, you know, both of us, uh, I thought it was bittersweet on Sunday night. There he is, number 12, working his magic. Lombardi trophy over his head head but not
1: uh, for agree. our
0: team of which you're a big fan my nephew nikki's a big fan but um what was also outrageous where there were people saying well you know there's uh whiteness oh. again and tom brady and he's the white quarterback and and uh um you know mahomes is the black quarterback and there's another example of oh. the refs were rooting for brady i mean if there's one level playing field it, it's football it's a team never mind tampa bay their defense coordinator is a person of color. The offensive coordinator is a person of color. When you have a 300 pound guy chasing you it doesn't matter if he's white or black you're just trying to get away. But um, what were your thoughts on uh, on seeing Tom Brady win yet another Super Bowl? But this time, <laughs> right. not and
1: with the Patriots, of course. I, I sometimes it felt kind of odd, you know, to be cheering for him. And I I yeah. certainly not as followed as well as you have, of course, over the years. So you know, I don't even know who who are these other guys. I don't know who they are. I, I knew like two people on the field, like him and Gronk, and and I do uh, like Mahomes. I think he's very talented. Look, but it it was a sporting event. It was a football game. Uh, and I just think that I actually think Brady's victory beyond that. He seems to defy human, you know, uh, human nature of being this 43 year old guy. I-, I actually think his victory moment was so important for the other reasons. And I, I will say this. I think he's a guy. He has transcended football and sports. John, he's a he's like a cultural touchstone. Yeah. Um In our in the country. And I I do think it's unfortunate that there are these detractors and they look at everything through the lens of black, white, black, white. I think none of that is helpful for going forward. And also, like, give the guy this like he he is almost embodies um, like this male leadership in a in a white male leadership. I think I can say that because everyone's always saying you know, white, black, white, black. And I don't think you need to always point that out, but he, he does, he embodies sort of something that, um, that I think was always regarded as like this kind of American trait, the grit, the determination, you know, he's a competitor, be the best. Yes. And by the way, yep. most importantly, he's, he is considered by all his uh, black teammates, uh, other guys at the Patriots, John, I, to a guy, they would say most decent guy they ever dealt with in the NFL. Je- gentlemen, you know. I well,
0: mean, you know, when it, it, it is football's is, is the ultimate team sport and then when the ball is in the air, it doesn't it's the great equalizer. It doesn't matter what you're black or white, either you're gonna catch the ball or you're not, or you're gonna knock down the ball great and point. you're not. It it the level of performance kind of equals it out. The last um, element I wanted to ask about was just the fact that this was I thought it was it was rather unusual, and that is, in the past, the Boston Globe has uh, acquired some good Rhode Island writers. Mm-hmm. Mark Arsenal went up there. Jonathan Saltzman went up there. This is different than though. No, the Globe is really focusing on the Rhode Island market. Right. They started with Dan McGowan and uh, and Ed Fitzpatrick and Amanda Milkovitz. And on Friday, Brian Amaral of the Providence Journal announced, you know, I have a new adventure and so forth. But he's he's not going to the Globe Globe Boston to cover. He's going to cover Rhode Island for the Globe. So Mm. I just worry, uh, you know, the 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 journal and I that hasn't really that has not happened before. The journal really lost a lot of people when um, when yeah, Acorn was let go for no longer doing those editorials at a time that. You really could use some editorials, but just your thought, this is a, boy, the journal is, is in a different place right now when you have a writer saying, I'm still going to be covering for Rhode Island, but I'm going to cover it for the Boston Globe, not the Yeah, and, and
1: boy, that, <laughs> that really tells you that's a snapshot of, of where things are uh, for really a lot, of, a lot of these newspapers, but I think for the Rhode Island market in particular, Rhode Island is a state of, it might just be of a million people, but it's, you know, it's a busy hustling news market, um, uh, the political developments and I, you're right. I, I don't think that despite, I, I just don't think it's, it's a great sign of where that is going and for that paper. Um, we will see where things fall out. Look, a lot of, uh, newspapers and, uh, I'm very proud and happy. I even have a, chance to be part of one the great yes uh the sun chronicle um and let me just say and, and do, for their um and one thing they really understand by the way is that you you have to be the paper for your readership um that's the thing and right. i think that for the providence journal and to see a guy like emerald um you know make the jump up well i don't blame the globe because they're taking regional talent you know i don't blame them and they're also right you know it's a business decision sadly they they probably are seeing maybe things could go either way with with the providence journal is Mm. you know still standing as time goes on because you know the pandemic john and the loss of um advertising and all that stuff and you know, subscribers and people have less money. I mean, um, how 2020 will shake out for these newspapers, you know, that's going to, but that, that is very unfortunate. And And I think just lastly in this age of this whole thing of what you believe and what you don't believe and conspiracy theories and all this stuff, newspapers have such a role to play. And, and I really mean that. And I just, I, I hope I wish I hope the public can com, continue to understand that you you need to get journalism about, you know, where you your own state, your own area.
0: And how can people read your <laughs> thank fine you? Work so
1: the um, they are thus on Chronicle dot com. But I also posted on my Facebook page, Donna Perry, uh, and I tweeted out at Donna Perry, M.A. one.
0: Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401 431 2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies? You can depend on Mega MEGA Logistics. Call them today. 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics. 401-431-2300.